Hi, my name is Danny Morell, and this is Real Estate Sales, the podcast for real estate professionals and entrepreneurs that are on a path of daily inspired action leading towards success in every area of their lives. Get ready to once again break through and realize your true potential. And welcome, everybody. This is episode, I can't believe I'm saying this, episode number 40 of the Real Estate Sales Show. I am your host, Danny Morell. I Listen, I'm always excited, but I think I'm extra excited about this one here today because I'm going to use one of my favorite words. Uh, we are going to interview one of the titans of the industry. This is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is a great, great producing individual. But before we do that, I want to say thank you for your reviews on iTunes. I'm going to give a shout out to uh let's see here to the last three um reviews we had one from lisa gracia saying i love what you're doing with the show it's very motivating and inspiring to hear all of these stories that i can relate to uh keep up the great work so thank you lisa for that review and for the five star rating uh i'm gonna say thank you to iman breen iman said just when i had heard enough of the corporate rat race i started thinking about real estate for a year career and danny started his podcast I listen to the episodes on my long commute into Manhattan, ah, from New York, and each episode strengthens my resolve to leave my toxic mindset work environment. This positive spirit has des- and his desire to help people, and the great guests encourage me to make the scariest move in my life. I left my secure job of 25 years, and now proud to say I'm a brand new realtor. Beautiful. Yes, I love it. I love it. So, Iman, thank you for that review. I'm going to kind of leave it at that one because I want to get right into the show. As a matter of fact, Iman, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to dedicate this show to you for the courage that you showed to take a leap of faith to do what's right and what's best for you and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to my good friend, Mr. Hal Swayze. Hal, say hello. Hello, Danny. How are you, bud? I am fantastic. I glad am, to be here. I am glad to have you here. You obviously... Uh, were a member of the panel at our uh, at our event. Uh, what was that like for you, being a member of the panel? You, you know, I, I, I've told a few people this, but you have such an amazing dynamic energy, and and to see all those great people. I mean, I'm kind of a lone wolf where I work. I've got a very small environment, and gosh, I mean, you've got so many great agents. The environment you create. Um, I, I just, I mean, I think anybody who works with you is just, they have no idea how fortunate and blessed they are. So it was just a pleasure to be there. And, and you brought in a great speaker, by the way. But it, 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 even without Tim Grover, it would have been phenomenal. I appreciate that, Hal. Thank you. So yeah. listen, Hal, I'm going to, here's going to be my mission for our conversation. I, I, you know, there's people that obviously get into this business and whether they realize it or not, that license is like an uncashed lotto check. Right. Right. And an uh, uncashed lotto ticket. And it's the winning ticket. And some people just don't actually cash that ticket in and you my friend have actually done that so the focus of our conversation today is i'm going to want to kind of tap into you know what really gets you pushing beyond what the normal realtor does in our business so let's start with the foundation if we can what got you into real estate sales uh great so i went to college in this town where i live san luis obispo california uh, working odd jobs, you know, played college tennis, wanted to get a real job. So I moved to San Francisco, worked there for about a year and a half, two years. Okay. And a great buddy of mine was a real estate developer back here. So I didn't like the big city so much. He says, hey, why don't you come to work for me? Great. So I get the same pay, like 30 grand a year, 36,000 a year. I come back to San Luis Obispo. Within a year and a half, he closes his business. 
So I'd learned a little bit about real estate. And as he's moving out of his place, moving back to where we knew each other, where we grew up, he hands me these old tapes and they're Mike Ferry tapes from the 70s, right? And he goes, hey, I bought these for my ex-wife. She never used them. So I listened to those. And, and basically, I just got in totally by default at no interest. You know, um, I had done a little bit of corporate sales for the two years in the Bay Area, but it was just by accident. Yeah. And, and so um, once you got in, when did you start establishing some goals or did, did you go full time right away or how did that work for you? Yeah, yeah. Good question. So like that first six months, I didn't make a penny. That was 1991 or two, something like that. Second 12 months, it was brutal. You know, I wasn't making enough money. My girlfriend at the time, you know, we were living together. So I was, you know, teaching tennis, waiting tables, doing what I could to keep this together. And honestly, that second year, I was, you know, five minutes from getting out of the business. Okay. But um, yeah, this is great for people to hear. So you were five minutes from getting out of the business. What do you think had you in that state and that level of production? I mean, you know, I'm a big believer yeah. in personal responsibility. Yes. Um, so what do you think had you there versus where you are today? I, I just it wasn't happening fast enough for me. You know, it took me a while to get the skills and so forth. And, and I, I remember the moment because I fortunately listened to some Tony Robbins tapes. And the one thing he said, because I was interviewing actually for other jobs, he said, you can have a life of default or a life by design. I said, gosh, darn it. I'm going to step up and I'm going to go ahead and, and I'm going to stick with it. And then the next year I had a good productive year. But it was my second full year in the business. But it, I was, you know, it was close. OK, I love it. Thank you. I love it. And so, so second full year in production, what did you do? Uh, I think I sold maybe 23 homes, made about 93,000, which was three times what I'd ever made. Okay. So that's, that's pretty freaking good, Hal. That was a long time ago. That's when houses were cheap. So yeah, that was not bad. Not okay. bad. All right. Yeah. Kept me in the business, fortunately, because I, I, I didn't have much else to fall back on. Okay. And so what happened in year number three? Um, three, I, I, I've kept a list. So I probably, you know, I went from like 93 grand to 128 to 130 to 150 to 190, you know, year 2000, 500,000. And then it would go five to like six to seven to eight. And then I took like a year off one time and travel with my family. And so it wasn't until 2011 that I, I made a million bucks and did a hundred deals, 120. Okay. And so it was that something how I, I'm a big believer in, you know, when you have a long-term goal or when you have a big goal, it's very simple to achieve. Just take that goal, take the long-term vision, and then just kind of take it in bite sizes and start piecing it together little by little. Right. Was 100 deals the number that you were like shooting for? Or how did yes. that number come about? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, getting to 50, it took me a while to get to 50 deals. And then I was stuck in that 50 to 75 deals for six, seven years. And in 2007, right, in September, me and my family, we took nine months and traveled. So I came back in 2008 in June and the market had changed and, you know, and I had, didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of money. And so it was like, okay, I, I got to pump this thing up and actually went downhill for a little while. So 2009, I, I go, okay, I got to get to a hundred deals. And, and for me, it just broke down to Danny. I was always taking 60 to 70 listings a year and I do 60 to 70 deals. Right. And so go, I got to get to a hundred listings. I got to get to a hundred listings. And when I broke it down to that for me, we're great. Okay, I need everybody to pay attention right now. One of the things that we focus on teaching the agents that work with us at our company on a day-to-day -day basis is understanding your listings taken to uh, deals close ratio. And so we focus, it's very simple guys. You wanna close 30 transactions next year, go take 30 listings. You wanna close 50 transactions next year, 
go take 50 listings. You just heard it from the man himself. You heard it from somebody that's actually doing it, which by the way, he hasn't stopped at 100. Hal said, if I want to take 100, if I want to close 100 transactions, I got to go take 100 listings. So let's break that down for a second so that people can make it a little bit more relatable. Yes. Now, 100 listings a, a year, we're talking about how many listings a month here? Eight listings a month. Okay. So this is a standard, you do it every single month, no matter what happens, you're right about that eight number or you hit eight no matter what or how does that oh, work? Oh, no, that, that's what got me to 100. Okay, good. Okay, so that was in 2011, right? So from there, I didn't I want to stop there. So obviously, I brought on a buyer's agent, which you guys all know. And so Lindsay does an amazing job. So this year, I'm on tack to take about 140 listings. And so we'll do about, you know, right now, we're at about 199. We're so close to 200 deals, close and pending. So if we stop today, we should close 200. That's fantastic. So, so again now, but, but with the time and if you are good at listing property, then it gets more exponential, right? So, you know, a hundred now, 120 listings get me 220 deals, right? right. You know, cause you have buyer business that comes from that. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so it just takes time for those of you that are one, two, four, five years in the business. You know, I was there, you know, it didn't happen as fast as I wanted, but uh, I never gave up and I always kept working. But but time out. Let's 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 dive into this a little bit because you were there, but you also were there with the vision of getting out and doing something much bigger. Always, and, yeah, yeah. And and how uh, talk to me for a second. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, when when they're there per per se, and they're you know maybe struggling or things aren't going as well, they're so focused on what's happening in the moment, like right yeah. then and there, versus focusing sure. on what they want to accomplish six, seven, eight, nine years from now. I mean, people ask me all the time. How did you guys do what you've done in the last five years? Simple. Right. I'm nowhere near close to where I envision us being. Right. I, I'm thinking 10, 15 years ahead all the time. Right. Do you is, is that how your brain works as well? I'm not as good as you at that. Otherwise, this would have happened faster. So if people listen, take your advice, it's going to happen faster. For me, you know, maybe two or three years ahead for sure. You know, and I was always striving. So I think the challenge is, you know, you have to put in a lot of work, especially as you're if you're newer, before you see a deal. Right. But you don't realize every bit of activity you take, every attempt you make to get a listing, every attempt you get to close a buyer, you're learning, you're growing and you're making it that much better. So then the next year you handle that. No problem. Right. Right. OK. It's I guess that's the accumulation effect that Mike Ferry always talks about, you know, and 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 I'm definitely a poster child for that. So explain to everybody, please, that's listening uh, what the accumulation effect is. So, and I think we had this conversation with one of your agents at your uh, group meeting down there at the event. Thank you. Um, you know, the, the, the calls I've made over the years have made me a better communicator. I know how to ask the right questions, open-ended questions, creating agreement. Okay. Every question I have, I want it, it's, it's going to be a yes and when I want, I want it to be a no. So every question I ask is creating a yes. Okay. And creating agreement between a buyer and a seller, between me and a seller, whatever it is. So those skills just come with practice and you cut your teeth by knocking on doors, calling expired listings, calling your past clients and sphere. That's how you learn. That's how you provide value. Yeah. And there, there, so in, in, what I hear you say, how is that there's absolutely um, uh, nothing that you can do to get you to the level of production that you're at other than actually going out and doing the job day in and day out. It, it's the same as sports. Okay. Right. You want to be a great basketball player. You got to shoot shots. So let's talk about this because I remember at Relentless, I remember that 
you know, and, 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 and I'll say this, there were a lot of questions that sounded like this, but what happens if I'm on the phones and nothing is happening? Or what happens if I'm going out door knocking and, uh, you know, I'm not getting any business or what? And, you know, I knew what the answer was. I felt like saying, guys, that you, number one, you're not expecting results. Right. Uh, you, 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 number two, you're expecting the letdown and therefore right. you're attracting more of that. And right. I, I'll never forget your answer. You just said, guys, you kind of got to cut it out and toughen up and just get to work and, and, and just understand that it's going to take time. Yeah. So, Hal, if there's somebody out there that's quote unquote not getting the results, right? Why do you think that is, and what advice would you give? So, okay, so there's a couple of examples that come to my mind when you talked about that. I'm thinking, okay, well, today I didn't have a cupcake. How come I didn't lose ten pounds? <laughs> right? It just doesn't happen that way. Wait, you see the results later. Wait, it's not supposed to happen that way. Yeah, no. Oh, Okay. I know, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you always see the results later, you know. And, and you know, if you have kids, you see it. You know, you raise them, and they're okay at home. But it's when a year or two later, or even they're in a friend's house, and the parents go, "Your kids are great." And they go, "You go, my kids? Yeah, it worked." Yeah. Okay. So you just got to put in the effort every day. And then a lot of what I heard from newer people is it's easy to have a, a mindset where it's, it's not happening. It's right. not work. It's not going to work for me. It's BS. It's going to work for you. Okay. So mindset, hang out, plug into you, plug into these things, right? For sure. And then you just got to keep going at it. Okay. I love it. Hal, talk to me about this. Let's, let's get into some details here. How, how much do you spend on marketing and advertising? Um, uh, uh, I have like a video blog and I have a web page, so probably a thousand or two a month, a couple okay. thousand. Yeah. So, so nothing that I don't really advertise in the paper or anything like that. Never been much of those things. Yeah. So most of your business comes from you going out and generating your business and then obviously keeping a great communication and contact with your database. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And providing great service to our clients. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, Talk to me about the size of your team. How, how many people do you have right now and how does that work? Sure, sure. So I have a, a listing, someone who's in charge of listings, listing coordinator. I have an escrow coordinator. I have a third person that kind of just backs them up. Lindsay's the buyer's agent and then I'm the listing agent. And, you know, we cross over from time to time. But most of the time, that's it. And then now I have, we brought on a runner because, you know, everybody's pretty busy. All right, Hal, I'm going to stop the show right now. Yeah. I want everybody to listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. As the famous Chris Tucker said in that movie with Jackie Chan, which I happen to have just forgotten the title of that movie. But guys, I want you to understand something specifically. And I don't know if it's just a Southern California thing, but the, 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 you know, what seems to be the relevant thought here is it's kind of like this spirit that goes around where it's like, I didn't make it by myself. So let me go build a team. Yeah. Oh, by the way, let me have that team be 10 to 15 people where each of them do like two to three deals a year. Guys, right. listen to what Hal just said. There's two salespeople, two, doing 200 deals a year. That's a per person production of 100. But guys, that would have never had happened if Hal didn't first go about the basics the right way, learning what to say, learning how to say it. Everything that we teach here at Intero, basically which yeah. um, I know you don't like hearing that, but it's the absolute truth. Oh, no, no. Yeah. And so me? Uh, no, no, this, I'm, talk, I'm talking to you. Talking your guru. No, no, I love hearing it. Yeah. yeah okay. Absolutely. I just want to be clear. Okay. No, 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 no. So, um, so how, what are your thoughts about that? What do you, what do you think about all these? I mean, here you are, you're proving that you can do with two people what some people can't do with 20. 
Yeah. Well, it's it's about profit. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's what do I get when it's all said and done? And, (laughs) you know, when you think about it, by the time you do all what you do and you pay your expenses, then you pay taxes and everything. You know, even if you make a lot of money, if you back that out, it's not that much. And that's how I always have done my goals. It's like when at the end of the year I want to have X amount of dollars. Okay, well, if I make 300 and it costs me 50,000 to run my business, now I'm at 250. And if I paid 30% in taxes or whatever, now I'm at 150. But it cost me ten thousand to live. That's one twenty. I got thirty grand left over. What can I do with that? I can't even buy a freaking car, yeah. right? So when you just back it all out, for me, that's always been motivating. So to bring on people that don't do very well, um, you know, I've had those people, and that's not what I want to do. Okay. And it's so much more profitable for me to be good and then find someone great. And and as you know, um, Lindsay Hart's amazing, right? Wow. So to have that energy and she and I, you know, I got the listing, we got the sale, boom, we put these things together all the time. It's great. I'd rather have one superstar and a bunch of supporting people than trying to find 10 because you, yes. you won't find them. Absolutely. You would, but I won't. Uh, you are, you, trust me, it's, it's, it's hard to do. I, I understand. I totally understand what you're saying. So, yeah. um, so Hal, let me ask you this next question um, because, again, I think there's a – I know we just had the relentless event. I think there's a, there's a spirit of re, uh, 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 restlessness in our industry, and here's what I mean. Sure. People start to do good, and good is like 30 deals a year. You know, sure. um, obviously yeah. the people that we hang out with, and by the way, if you don't know, Hal's a part of a mastermind with uh, myself and several of the past guests, uh, people that are really pushing uh, to be in the multiple seven figures or at least the high seven figures and earnings right. every single year. And it's possible for everybody, guys. You just got to expose yourself to that type of thinking. Exactly. But, um, but Hal, one of the things that I see happen all the time is, you know, people will start doing 30 to 40 deals a year and then all of a sudden they'll decide to like make a career shift. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to go flip properties now. Right. And then they don't realize that they just let go of the thing that got them there. Um, you've been doing this now for how many years? 25. Okay. And how many more years do you foresee yourself doing this? You know, I don't really see an end for me. Um, I love doing deals. Now, do I want to spend 50 hours a week at it? No. You know, would I rather go do some other things? And uh, Yes. But, I mean, I could see me working four or five hours a day, getting on the phone for a couple hours. I love the energy of the office. I love my routine in the morning. And then I take off at one or two and I go golf or play tennis or whatever, go have some fun, right? Make more trips. So uh, to me, there's no end game. It's just the next lifestyle and what's after that. And and the nice thing, you know, and you've experienced so much faster than I have is as you get to next each next step, it's like, this is pretty cool. What's that step? Oh, geez, that's even better. Why not? Okay. So the exposure is critical. And I would say you got, I mean, to make money in this business, you got to be a salesperson. You know, I've become a better manager, but it was not my strength. Trust me. I understand what it's like to lead people now, but geez, you can't do it if you've been in the business three or four years unless you got a management background. I mean, look at you have a management coach or a CEO coach, right? And you're you're in a mate. Nobody's going to come close to what you're doing. And look at what you're doing to learn to become a better manager. So be a salesperson. Learn the system. Follow what you say. And then eventually things you can add on, okay? okay? But don't lose the core business. I love it. So let's talk about, and I and I know you're short for time, so I'm going to probably make this the last question. Then I'm going to go to audience questions. Uh, people have posted questions on social media. By the way, if you're not following me on Instagram or Facebook, go to Instagram backslash Danny Morell or Facebook.com uh, backslash Danny.Morell.Page because whenever I have a great guest like this, I'll give you an opportunity to ask him some questions. So, um, Hal, talk to me about becoming a great salesperson. I think that if I put 
10 realtors in the room, maybe half of one is actually a great salesperson. I mean, sure. somebody that you could hand the phone to that was going to say no, that in about six or seven questions gets them to say yes. And uh, thank you, Wendy. And, uh, and, and, and converts the deal or saves a deal. Right. You have the ability to do that. Uh, talk to me about the absolute importance, the undeniable importance of being a great salesperson. Boy, Danny, I mean, there's so many aspects to it. And that's why, uh, you know, maybe I'm a slow learner, but it's, I mean, one, it's obviously you got to be persistent. In this business, it's a numbers game. It's a sales game. It's direct sales, as you or Mike Ferry would say. Um, two, you have to be able to talk to people and be flexible. Okay, so what is your communication like? It's a nonstop process. I roll with, pray with great agents right now, and I'm always learning. And then I will play with agents that don't have as much experience, and it's always nice to help. So, gosh, learn those skills, do the reps, prospect like crazy, and then it, it's a nonstop process. Keep learning, keep reading, keep listening, go to the seminars, listen to the things. There's just so much. It's never stop. It's like I, I don't even know how to compare it. I mean, in sports, you have a short career, and you're done. In this business, you can just continue to get better. Right. How good can you get? That's the real question. How good can you get? Hal, I, I, I've got to ask you. I mean, I'm a big believer in the fact that, you know, when it comes to how good you, can you get, um, I, I, I'm a believer that anyone can ask me any question, give me any objection, put, put me in front of any sales situation, and I will, and I will pass the test. Right. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're that confident as well. I'm confident. Yeah, I, I'm confident. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw you I do a live listing presentation, and you right. absolutely nailed it. But just to give everybody perspective, how many listing presentations have you done? I mean, you know, live in front of a seller in your career. Um, I have no idea. I mean, I do 160. I wrote it down. So this year, I've got 152 listing presentations. So. And you've taken. I've, a hundred and fifty-two and a hundred and twenty-eight. That's a pretty right? darn good ratio. It's like ninety percent. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, Hal. Let's get to some of our listener questions, and we will let you get back on these phones. So, uh, Brian Gaganani says, "When did you hire your second staff member, and how do you eliminate uh, distractions in the morning?" So, this is Brian Gagnon from Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. Boston. Okay. Yes. So first, uh, second staff member. So I, I think once, you know, Mike or Danny would tell you, I think once you get to 40 or 30 or 40 deals, you can hire one. And then, then when you get to the next one, I would just bring on part-time people. So I'd have a main assistant when I had one. And then I'm in a college town, so I need someone to come in for three or four hours a day. And if they're good, they roll into a full-time position. So you need someone to do the escrows and the listings. And then if you get enough, then you can do uh, someone to do escrows and to do the listings. Okay. okay. So, and then the second question was what? Uh, second question was, how do you eliminate distractions in the morning? Oh, that's a challenge for everybody. It's just human, right? So take away your options, have accountability, um, let your assistant know you need to make this many contacts. There's about 100 million ways to do it. Uh, you just need to know what it takes for you. I love it. Great, great, yeah. great answer. Um, Brian, I want you to notice something Hal didn't say. I want you to notice how he said, keep bringing on staff people. What he didn't say was because I'm busy going out finding business. So just remember that that's the focus. You have to be doing income generating activities and you delegate income servicing activities. All right. So hopefully that helps. Marvin Lee here from Intero writes, um, how do you maintain contact with your past clients uh, other than call them every other quarter? Um, that's the most important thing. Um, we mail out just a postcard like Mike says once a quarter as well. 
Um, that's it. Occasionally, I'll take a client to lunch. I probably should do that more. And we have one little community event. I'm in a small town of 40,000 people. We'll run out a movie theater in the fall and have a, hey, come watch a family movie with us. But basically, it's systematizing calling them once a quarter and letting them know you're expecting, you know, I want them to say, oh, gosh, I don't have any referrals for you. You're calling about referrals. I said, that's right. Well, think about it. You know, so it's training them. They're training. They're your salespeople, right? Our past clients. Absolutely. How? Here's a thought. I've been saying for five years, telling the story of how I rented out a movie theater from my past client database when I was in business. I have yet to see one person actually do that. One. Oh yeah. So there's a little challenge for you guys out there. You want to step up your game, start thinking a little bit bigger, start giving more value to your past client database. Right. Uh, all right. Here we go. Eggs Benny, 86. Which God bless you, but I don't know what your name is. Writes. How do you overcome the temptation to lower your guard and your standards? when it comes to commission cutting questions and other requests like having to be at every showing for a listing. Uh, Mike Ferry teaches to just say no on any other questions to commission cuts, but in today's flooded battlefield of realtors, we're always up against someone doing it for a fraction of the going rate. So, I mean, I could jump all over that one, but Hal, what do you say? Um, yeah. You, you can't compete with someone that's that's going to do that, yeah. right? You, you don't even want to go there. No. Um, I mean, there's two things. It's one to have standards. Hey, <laughs> I answer. mean, yeah, yeah, you got to have standards. Can I take your car while the house is listed? I'm going to say no. You can't have my car. You know, are you going to show up at the showings? No. Do you want you learn the objection handlers? Do you want me out selling the house? You want me babysitting a buyer, yeah. right? Okay, so and a lot of those is level shifting too. You just don't want to get directly at it. The real issue is this. The real issue is you want the home sold for the most money, right? That's the real issue. Let me do that for you. Okay, so I'm going to do it. So don't get caught. Don't you don't have to answer every one of those questions. They're ridiculous. Right. Just say that's a great question. And what I'm hearing you saying is you want this. Right. Focus on what they want, not the crap that makes no difference. So that's so eggs, Benny. Just for clarification, you, you write that down. That's called a level shift. And for all of you listening, just write down. It sounds to me like what you're saying is. Right, and then shift them to something that you can manage. It's going to be difficult for you to fight commission, but you can handle how much they want to net from the sale of a house. So that's an easy one. It sounds to me like what you're saying is you want to net the most amount of money possible from the sale of your home. Is that correct? And if you learn to speak in that language, then uh, this is a non-issue. Non-issue. Uh, Cuban product writes. By the way, I hope you're enjoying these names. This is straight from Instagram. I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Cuban product what's, writes. What type of leads do you have the most success expired for sale board, for sale by owner center of influence and uh, do you go out for your own listing presentations yourself I, I go on all the listing presentations myself unless I'm out of town or I do them over the phone and then uh, over this time my past clients and sphere of influence is probably 67% of my business again I'm in a small market so I've done a lot around just listed just sold and I've done a good job I would say over the years because you know, if my clients pass away, then there's no past client. Or if they move away, there's not really a good past client. So I've added to my sphere. So any organizations I'm in, in, you know, evolved with, I'm calling those people up later and saying, hey, who's your resource for real estate? I would love to be that person. Do you have someone? No. Great. Can I keep you posted? So I get their permission and then they become part of my sphere of influence and they become part of our raving fans. I love it. I love it. So all you're doing is just keep adding and building to that database of those raving fans. Yep. Final question from Robert Watkins. He asks... Besides prospecting, what one or two lead sources contribute to the largest number of listings or motivated sellers that you meet? 
Um, until this year, it would have been none. But this year, again, small town, so we post all our sales on Zillow, costs nothing. And we tell our clients up front that we're looking to get a review. So if somebody from out of town or doesn't have an agent looks online, they're going to see us at the top with number of sales and reviews. There's no cost to that. So provide good service, provide the expectation of your clients. If I do this, you know, I'm expecting that. Are we earning that? Okay, if we're earning that service, you know, we do write us a review. So I probably get two listings a month, I would say, from Zillow. That means a lot to us financially. So that's been the biggest one. So there are people going there, and it's free. Love it, I love it. So Robert, and just to what Hal didn't say is he basically said, I got to a hundred plus listings a year with doing nothing but being on the phone. That's yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Final thoughts, Hal, final piece of advice for anybody that's listening and you got people literally listening from all across the country. You know, I, I would say the one thing, because we're coming to the end of the year, you're probably getting your business plan ready for next year, is what are the one or two things that you're fighting that you know work? You know, what is Danny telling you that's just like, yeah, I can do everything but that? Because as soon as you let go and accept that, you're going to be able to move forward. Okay, so so whatever it is you're fighting, write down those one, two things and just make that your, you know, make that your fascination. Just have a party with that. Have fun around. Okay, this is what I'm committed to this year. I'm going to follow that darn listing script verbatim or I'm going to get up on time every morning. And I'm going to start my day by working out or do my affirmations or whatever that is, whatever you're fighting. You know what it is. Right. Write it down on a piece of paper. Tell Danny what it is so he can hold you accountable and your business will just explode. Your life's going to be so much easier. I love it. I love it. How? I want to get you a bazillion referrals because you're obviously the best in San Luis Obispo. So how do people get a hold of you? How do they send sure. you their referrals? Yeah, it's Hal, H-A-L, and then Swayze, S-W-E-A-S-E-Y. You can call us at 805-781-3750, 805-781-3750, or go to Team Swayze. Just Google me. You'll find us. Okay, we're everywhere. Okay? That's great, Danny. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for your inspiration. Thank you all of the listeners for being with us here today. As always, if you haven't connected with us, do so on Facebook and on Instagram. And uh, go to the little podcast app in your phone if you have an iPhone and subscribe to our show. If not, uh, go on your Android. For those of you less fortunate souls out there, go on your Android, download Stitcher, and then subscribe and look for the show there. Thanks again for listening. Episode 40 is a wrap. Here's to another 40, and here's to an amazing 2017. We'll talk to you all on the next episode. Bye-bye. High five.